0: Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Exodus 4. Exodus 4 where you turn there. Uh, I failed to do this earlier. Uh, J.J. Poole is with us today. Many of you uh, got to meet uh, J.J. when he was here for a view of a call. He's uh, in for the day. He'll be back um, in in a week or so, uh, permanently, or yeah, permanently leaving here in Barron County. So uh, welcome, J.J. We're glad that you're with us this morning. Uh, Show of hands, how many have ever failed in life? Yeah, that's pretty much everybody. If you didn't, uh, we would need to have a conversation. But uh, failures happen in life. Um, And I I really think as we look at Exodus chapter 4, one of the things with Moses and his decision to lead or listen to God is his recognition of his failure. Uh, that he recognized that, hey, listen, I've tried and I have failed. Well, this morning I'm going to show you some of the biggest failures w- we have seen in um, the food industry. Uh, there's a research done a few years ago by a food driver, and they listed the top six food failures uh, in, in the country. Now, I would tell you there's one missing from this that's happened since this research, and that is the the um The Black Whopper from Burger King anybody remember that one yeah it didn't it didn't go over well. Burger King released their Whopper in a black bun a few years ago on Halloween, thinking it would be a cool, spooky way to go. Yeah, that just didn't really go very well. people didn't like the thought of eating a black uh, bun. Um, there were some other things that uh about that that people complained about, but that's a different story for another time. So let me give you, let me give you their, the, their top six. I think they're right, uh, especially on number one. Here we go. Uh, the first one is the Heinz Ketchup Easy Squirt. Uh, what happened was Heinz Ketchup had, so has, you know, has been selling more than 650 million bottles of Heinz Ketchup. And we all know Heinz Ketchup, when it comes out of the bottle, what color should it be? red right so they thought they'd do this play and they would do their Heinz ketchup in purple or green and just be fun for kids there was a blue um you you know they did sell 25 million bottles but that was it parents got tired of looking at that blue bottle or that green bottle of ketchup in the refrigerator and said you know what I don't want to uh I don't want any more of that. So number six comes in at the Heinz ketchup. Uh, Number five, uh, show of hands, anybody buy the Colgate beef lasagna? Anybody? So Colgate's been around since 1896. They've been producing toothpaste and and all sorts of things. So in in the 80s, Colgate decided, let's branch out our brand. Uh, Let's get into the food industry. Let's make uh, frozen meals. And so they made this this, uh, beef lasagna. Now, here's the thing. You guys were looking like everybody did when they heard this. Who wants beef lasagna from Colgate? You know, they're thinking, you'll buy the lasagna, then they'll go use the toothpaste. And regardless of how it tasted, people could not get over the fact that it was Colgate. And Colgate's good for one thing. And what's that? brushing your teeth it's toothpaste um in fact uh, in in the article they said that doesn't mean that the beef lasagna was bad it was just the branding they just people couldn't get past the branding of it so uh, that's number 5 uh, any by the way anybody remember that and, and, and no okay uh, i didn't know that one all right no, uh, number 4 now, sun chips now how many like sun chips yeah Sun Chips are fun, we have Sun Chips at our house, we like Sun Chips. But in 2010, Sun Chips decided they're going to do this environmentally friendly bag. They're going to, to just be environmental friendly, eco-friendly, that will help boost their brand. Well, they came, out with the, they came out with it, the problem was, the chips were fine, it was the bag. The bag, when it was eco-friendly, was so loud. You couldn't watch TV and eat a bag of chips. In fact, so many people got on Facebook and they began their, their this Facebook post and, and it had 40 some odd thousand people following, sorry, I can't hear you for the sun chip bag. And so sun chips pulls the bag off and they said, we'll just go back to the rest. It won't be environmentally friendly, but you'll still enjoy the chips. Um, I, I remember this one. All right, uh, number three. Lifesavers drinks How many like Lifesavers How many like Coke Or some type of cola Yeah. How many want the, the two together Yeah see that's what happened uh, Lifesavers came out in the 80's With their own cola It was uh, going to be a Take off their candy And people who drank it said It's just like drinking candy Not in a good way not in one of those ways that you go, oh, give me another. It's in one of those ways you take a, take a swallow and then you decide to. Well, you don't swallow the rest. So in the 80s, they came out with it. It, it just didn't make it. And they quickly pulled it off the shelf. Number two, Tropicana orange juice. Uh, this one was an interesting one. It was a failure because really the only thing they did different was packaged it different. Um, in the 90s, Tropicana decided they were going to change their packaging. You know, we know Tropicana for the, the orange with the straw in it. And, and so they decided in the, in the 90s they were going to switch to uh, this, this, I don't know what that is, but it's a, I guess it's supposed to look like a glass with 100% orange. And they immediately heard from those who buy it how they hated that design. Well, number one, when they went to the supermarket, they couldn't f- figure out which one's Tropicana. It, it, you know, it, doesn't, it doesn't scream Tropicana. And Tropicana began getting tons of complaints. In fact, uh, Tropicana's sales went down drastically while everybody else's increased. And uh, if you know anything about business, if your sales go drastically down because you make a change, there's one thing you need to do. Go back and undo that change. And so Tropicana did. Now, before I show you the number one uh, failure in uh, the food and, and, and uh, drink industry, does anybody know what it is? All right, 1985. I remember this one well. Uh, know this one, know this one, live this one. 1985, new Coke now you have to know a couple things i I like coke my father worked for coca-cola the bottling company in elizabeth town so i I remember 1985 i remember the hype leading up to this i remember when it was was put out to market i I even don't tell my wife but i even googled finding a a new coke uh bottle uh and and there's one on ebay that i'm bidding on at the moment uh just for my collection um if you've, ever been, if you've been in my office, you know I've got several different Coca-Cola bottles. Even John Ray even gave me one from the, from the bottling company here in Glasgow. I didn't know uh, they had one, and so I've got one of those. So anyways, new Coke comes out. You know how long it stays on the market? 77 days. And they yank that sucker. 77 days, it's on the market, and it's a big, big failure. Uh, It was such a failure that Coca-Cola was getting tons of backlash. In fact, Peter Jennings breaks in on the daytime soap opera General Hospital to say, Coca-Cola has going back. That's how big this deal was. Now, here's the thing about all these failures. All these failures happen to companies that are still in business today. I mean, coca is still making Coke. A- actually, I wanted to do some research to find out new Coke was like Diet Coke or the Coke Zero now. And I was hoping, I- no, it wasn't. But anyways, uh, all these companies are still in business. They just had a setback. And they recognized that that setback was just something that happened in life that they need to just pick up and keep moving forward. They didn't just stop and go, well, we're a failure now, and we need to close up the shop. Listen, some of these failures cost millions of dollars. And some of these failures, they had, they had spent four years or better researching to pull this off, and the, the money spent in advertising only to find out that it didn't work. I mean, Coca-Cola did a number of things getting ready for the new Coke. And then 77 days later. I still remember, this is a sidebar. I remember you could go to the store after that, and you would go to, the, 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 to the, 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 the cooler to get your drink, and you had two options, new Coke or classic Coke. And that's what you do. Failure. Listen, we all have failures in our life, don't we? We've all admitted this morning that we've all, we've failed We have failed. We've made a mistake. We've we've tried something, it didn't work. We did something wrong. We 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 spoke ugly to somebody. We've done things and we failed. But that doesn't knock us out in God's eyes. Because God is gracious, God is kind. And just because we've gone down a path and we've thought we had it figured out, and thought we knew what God wanted and it didn't work, doesn't mean God says, I'm done with you. This morning as we look at Exodus 4, we're going to look at 17 verses. And it's really the continuation of last week. Last week we talked about God's sufficiency. Today I just want you to catch that God is able. That God is able. God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever, ever imagine. But we have to come to the place to recognize our failure doesn't knock us out. Our failure just means we got to pick it back up and, and keep our eyes on God. So if you have your Bibles and you are at Exodus 4, would you stand as we read uh, God's Word? Beginning in verse 1, Moses answered What if they Won't believe me And will not obey me But says the Lord did not appear to you And the Lord answered him What is that in your hand It's a staff he replied Throw it on the ground He said So Moses throws it on the ground It became a snake and he ran from it The Lord told Moses Stretch out your hand grab it by the tail so he stretched out his hand and he caught it and it became a staff in his hand this will take place he continued so that they will believe that the Lord the God of their ancestors the God of Abraham the God of Isaac the God of Jacob has appeared to you in addition the Lord said to him put your hand inside your cloak so he put his hand inside his cloak and when he took it out his hand was diseased resembling snow Put your hand back inside your cloak, he said. So he put his hand back inside his cloak. And when he took it out again, it became like the rest of his skin. If they will not believe you and will not respond to the evidence of the first sign, they may believe the evidence of the second sign. And if they don't believe even these two signs or listen to what you say, take the water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the Nile will become blood on the ground. But Moses replied to the Lord, Please, Lord, I've never been eloquent, either in the past or recent, or since you have been speaking to your servant, because my mouth and my tongue are sluggish. The Lord said to him, Who placed a mouth on humans? Who makes a person mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak. I will teach you what to say. Moses said, please Lord, send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, isn't Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well and also he's on his way now to meet you. You will speak with him and tell him what to say. I will help both of you, both you and him to speak and will teach you both what to do. He will speak to the people for you. He will serve as a mouth for you and you will serve as a God to him. Take this staff in your hand and you will perform the signs with it. You may be seated. So Moses has Three more issues. One, what if they just don't believe me? Two, God, I, I'm just not, I just can't speak very well. And then third, would you just send somebody else? God continues to work in the heart of Moses. God continues to try to help Moses recognize that God is able. In fact, This morning, here's what I want you to catch. The simple truth. Believers are never good enough to accomplish God's business on their own. However, when God works through them, they can achieve anything. I mean, catch this. I hope you understand. We're never good enough to accomplish God's business on our own. However, when God works through you and I, we can achieve anything. We can achieve anything God desires for us to achieve when we allow God to work through us. Do you believe that this morning? I hope you believe that because God is still in the business of doing great things. God's still in the business of wanting to see his kingdom on this earth come. Well, The only problem is God's looking for people who says I'm in And the question is Are you in this morning uh, Moses comes to this moment And he's standing at this burning bush God has already told him uh, Who he was And he's already kind of helped Moses recognize he's, he's, he's the chosen one And he comes to this moment And he says what if they don't believe me And so God says here's what I'll do I'm, I'm going to give you some signs Now Let's, let's understand signs and wonders. Uh, signs and wonders, we see this terminology throughout the, the scripture. When we, when we think of signs and wonders, there's a little difference between signs and wonders. Because wonders, when they happen, they just make us stand in awe of who God is. And that, man, this is God. Great example, crossing the Red Sea. I mean, when Moses ha- holds his hands up, the people go across the sea. That's a wonder. Only God can do it, right? This means yes, this means no. Only God can do that, right? I mean, you you can't do it, right? Only God can. That's That's a wonder. Signs, on the other hand, are set for a message. Yes, there are wonders, but there's also a message behind the sign. And so, God gives Moses three signs. The first one. The first one, he has a staff. Now, what is that in your hand, Moses? Well, that's a, that's a staff. It's what I defend myself with. That's what I uh, to protect the sheep with. That's what I use to walk with. That's what, I, that's, that's what I use. Throw it on the ground. He throws it on the ground, and what happens? Becomes a snake. Scripture says that Moses took off running. If Erdi had been there, Erdi would have kept on running. In fact, if Ernie had been there, listen, Israel would still be in Egypt in slavery, because I'd have kept on running. You, you, you know, I, 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 I like to talk a big game, but when it comes to snakes, there's a reason I don't want to mess with them things. Years ago, I took a took a mission trip to Denver, Colorado with our church. I took our men from our church, and all of them were older men, and I was their young pastor. My dad was along the trip, and and uh we got out there we'd already been warned hey listen there's rattlesnakes around here and i had been teasing them all trip long we're gonna know who's got faith here today we're gonna know who's got faith we're gonna grab us a rattlesnake this week while we're out here day two the pastor's son comes running over and says dad there's a snake up against the house and i was like oh yeah boys here it is now my father at the time said son which means nothing And I kept on running. I heard him say, son, again, means nothing. Now, if he would have said, "Erd Lewis, I knew to stop in my tracks. But he didn't. So I took off running with the pastor. We get to this rattlesnake. It's probably six feet long. And and we stop. And the pastor goes, you want him? Heavens no, kill that thing. I don't want that thing. So the pastor kills him. I come out with a shovel going, look what I did, boys. Now, I'm going to run. And I'm going to keep running. Moses comes back at some point, and God says, now pick it up. Again. I'm not going to. <laughs> it's got to be God telling me to pick up that snake. Because let's, let's be honest. This is not your garden variety snake. It's a king cobra. It's a, it's a king cobra. It's, it's a snake. It's a deadly snake. And Moses is to pick it up by the tail. Now, here's the thing. I don't mess with snakes. But what I do know from watching TV is you don't pick them up by the tail. You want to get bit, you pick one up by the tail. What you're supposed to do, they say, not from experience. You get close enough, not happening with me. You hold something down on its head right behind the neck. You're not gonna do it either. You're gonna hold something down right behind the neck and you're gonna reach down and grab it so you've got it right here. And you're looking at the, John Ray, you can do that. I'm not doing it. I'm running. God says, pick it up by the tail. What does that do for Moses? That means you've got to have faith. Because I'm gonna put you in a, I'm gonna put you in a tough spot. You gotta have faith. Now you, you're looking and you go. Well, how did you catch it was a king cobra? Remember, I told you there are signs. Remember, I, I told you there's a difference between signs and wonders. All three of these things that Moses does are signs. The king cobra is um, on Pharaoh's on Pharaoh's hat. It was a it was a thing that uh, that was a symbol that like a headband that he wore, and it was a cobra sitting up there on that hat. And God wants to remind Moses that he's greater than any king on this earth. That he's greater than any government or any power. And so he uses the cobra. The second thing, the second sign is what? Leprosy. Now, if you're like me, I read through these verses pretty quick and not think about the signs. But the leprosy, when Moses puts his arm in his cloak, he, he pulls it out. And it's, uh, the, 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 the scripture tells us that it comes out with leprosy or it looks like snow. Do you realize that leprosy in in this day and age was the was the the thing that people were afraid of? It couldn't be cured. If you got leprosy, you you basically were a dead man walking because there was no one who would be around you because we dare not get leprosy. It was not a curable disease. It was, not something, it was not something they took lightly. It was something you were banished and was never to be heard from again. And so God looks at Moses and says, take your, take your hand, put it in your cloak. And when he does, it comes out and it's lepers. Pull, do it again and he puts it in and it comes back out like it was before, like his skin. Again, here's the sign. I'm greater than any, any fear of death, any fear of disease. I'm greater than, than any kingdoms on earth, any disease on earth. God's greater than all that. Which leads us to the third one, the Nile. He tells him if they're not going to believe those two, and and guess what? Do you you think God knows whether they're going to believe or not believe? God knows exactly what's going to happen. But to help Moses, he says, if they don't believe those two, get you some water from the Nile. And when he does, he will pour it on the ground. And what does that water do? What's it turn to? Blood. And it's significant for the Nile. The Nile is a huge, huge um, piece for Egypt. It's what they water with. It's what they wash with. It's it's what gives them fertilization for their crops. It's it is the lifeline of of Egypt. And. What God is saying is, you go take that water, you pour that water to the ground, and when you pour it to the ground, I'm going to turn it to blood. In other words, I've got power over nature and all of creation. Three signs. All three signs have meanings. All three signs, Moses would understand the implications. You and I, not so much. We, we think of the stick, we throw it down on the ground, becomes a snake. And, and here's, the thing, here's the thing. I'm not sure I could get to the second two signs if, if I'm Moses. Because once I've learned I can throw the stick on the ground, it becomes a snake, and then grab it, and it becomes a stick. I'm going to do that the rest of my days. Hey, guys, watch this. Cool, isn't it? And grab it. I throw it down and go, now you try to pick it up. is still going, nope, I'm not going to do it. But God doesn't give him just that one, he gives him two more. So at this moment, if you're Moses, do you go, I'm in, let's go. I mean, anybody who can make this staff a a snake, anybody who can change my arm into leprosy and bring it back again, anybody who can change the water into blood, I'm in. Anybody? I think we'd all like to say, yes, I'm in. But what does Moses say? says no I I can't speak I can't speak and and catch the catch the response that God gives Moses listen who causes the deaf to speak the mute to hear who who? the deaf to hear the mute to speak Who, who gives people a mouth Moses knows that answer and yet he still says says no Here's the thing we learn from this text. God is able. He's able to do all these things. We just have to trust him. In fact, we also learn from this text that God will persevere, right? I mean, at the end of the day, God's going to win. The question is, will you be with him or or not? I mean, because God recognizes Moses as the, as the the rescuer the the one to rescue his people god's going to give him those things and he's even telling him i'm going to teach you i'm going to help you i'm going to do all this for you and finally moses says just send somebody else how many times do we do that We get asked to volunteer. We get asked to do something. We get asked to use our gifts and abilities. And and, and we come up with as many excuses as we can come up with. And finally, it gets down to us going, no, would you just find somebody else? Listen, the gospel is dependent upon you and me to carry it to the ends of the earth. We can't say no. And if we will allow God to work through us, we can accomplish anything God calls us to do. We just have to say yes. And so God says to, to, to Moses, Here comes Aaron. Here comes Aaron, and here's, what I, here, here's the deal. You take Aaron, Aaron can speak. You tell him what to say. I'll work. I'll teach both of you. He will be a mouthpiece, and you will be a god to him. In other words, Aaron is just the byproduct here. In fact, you, you read the scriptures. Aaron has has a significant place, but not like Moses. And God uses them both. <laughs> is God using you today? How's God using you? Maybe God's leading you to do something and you just need to say yes. Pastor, it's coronavirus. We're all at home. Yes, I'm aware of that. But you know what? God can still use you and stay six feet apart. In a social distancing kind of way, he can use you. You just have to say yes. You just have to be willing for God. When corona started in March, I never thought I would, I I just didn't expect what was going to happen. I mean, I knew this was going to be bad when they canceled the SEC tournament. And then all of a sudden they cancel the NCAA tournament. Oh my goodness, this is, this is severe if we're canceling these. I mean, let, let, let's be honest, it's not just basketball games. These are, these, are, these are money makers. And then all of a sudden you start hearing all these reports of all the sports being canceled. And if you're a person who likes sports, your world has been torn upside down because now what do you watch, Hallmark? Well, let's be honest, we know how those are gonna end right? I mean, we, we know, uh, boy meets girl, girl hates boy, boy wins girl over and they kiss in the end. And if it's wintertime, it snows at the kiss. But you know, just recently we, we got the good news that we're, we're going to have some sports. We, we now have major league baseball. Uh, still got our fingers crossed that we're going to watch college football in this, in the in the fall but major league baseball came out and said here's what we're going to do we're going to we're going to have a 60 game sprint to the to the end we're going to have a 60 game sprint to the world series and and it's going to look different than our normal season is in fact a normal season is 162 games we're only going to play 60. Major League Baseball also came out and said, here's what we'll do. Anybody who is, who is uh, a high risk player can set out this season, receive their, their pay uh, if, if they think the risks are too much. Currently, 20 players in the Major League Baseball has decided to set out. And they're setting out this season for health risk reasons and, and they're still receiving their pay, they're still on the team, those types of things. 11 umpires, have opted out of this season because of the coronavirus. And while I think that's a a wonderful thing for Major League Baseball to do in this coronavirus, I think that's the right thing for them to do to to keep people safe. Do you realize that that's not the way it can be for you and I in the Christian faith? There's no moment for us in the Christian faith to say, I'm going to opt out at this period of time. There's no moment for us to say, you know what, I've done my duty, I'm going to move to the sidelines. There's no moment for us to say, you know what, I just don't want to do it, so what? I'm going to, I'm going to opt out and I'm going, to enjoy, I'm going to enjoy watching from the sidelines. That's okay for Major League Baseball, but for the church, for the kingdom of God, that just can't happen. That's called disobedience. Because there's no such thing as opting out. So this morning the question is, is God able? You've got to ask that question. Is God able? And if you say yes, then, then what's holding you back? What's keeping you? And here's this. I know there are some of us in the room who are doing more than we need to be doing. That God, there, there are things that you're doing that God's not even called you to do. The reason that is, is because somebody else may be in the room who God's called you to do that job, and you haven't done it until somebody else is pecking up the slack. What would it look like? If we all walked out of here and said, God is able, and we are going to be about God's business. Here's the thing about Moses when you get to verse 18, we'll we'll not finish the fourth chapter, but when you get to verse 18, Moses takes that staff and he goes. Because he comes to a place where he says, God is able. Are you at a place in your life that you can say, God is able? that God can rescue me, God can pick me up from my failures, God can use me despite whatever, God can, you fill in the blank. This morning, if you're here and maybe, maybe for the first time you're realizing that God's not done with you and you're able or you're watching by TV and you're, you're, you're recognizing that there is still work for you to do in the kingdom of God. Maybe you don't know what it is, but you know that God is able and you're ready to do it. Here's what I want you to do this morning. You'll see our telephone number here on the screen. It's a Google number. You can text this number. You can call this number. I want you to text I did it to two seven zero six eight one twenty three sixty three. 2363 I did it. I did it. I did it. I believe God is able. I did it. If you're here and you go, I- I'll serve. I'll d- I-, I don't know what that's going to look like. Would you just text that number right now and you know, sometime today and say, I did it. We'll get back with you. We'll help you find a place of ministry. We'll help you figure out how you can serve in this coronavirus. Maybe... Maybe you're here this morning and you've confessed Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You know Jesus is the answer, but yet for whatever reason, your walking with the Lord has stumbled and fallen. You, you've kind of walked your own direction for a little while, and you need to come back and rededicate your life and go, I, I believe that Jesus is the answer. If that's you today, would you take that same number and would you, would you text us, I did it. Maybe you're listening and watching us and you're realizing today for the first time that Jesus came to rescue you from the sin in your life. Maybe you need to know today that that Jesus can bring you out of whatever you're in and put your feet on solid ground. He can take your sin and wash it away. He can give you a new life. by admitting that that Jesus is the son of God believing in your heart that Christ raised him from the dead and choosing to follow him today if that's the decision in your heart would you text that number and say I did it would you stand with me